All right. Well, um, as you said, I'm a freight data nerd. So I, I love being around freight professionals. I love being around uh, nerds, but, but freight nerds are, are kind of my favorite people. So I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, one of the most uh, interesting topics that's received the most investment, that's received the most attention is really visibility. The buzzword I'm starting to hear now is complete end-to-end visibility. Could you define that for us and, and talk about how riders thinking about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we actually also talk about it in the form of network visibility. So end-to-end visibility um, really being all the way from you know the beginning, you know inbound, uh, warehousing, crosstalk, all of that, uh, and really trying to make sure that um, we're moving from a, a what uh, and a where. Um, and I think Shelley spoke about this earlier. So we've been on this sort of evolutionary path over the last three or four years where really at the beginning of this, it was where, where's the truck? Um, but now we need to move to what's on the truck uh, and then the, sort of the how and the why. Uh, and what we've been trying to build out uh, at, at Ryder and we see uh, other companies also building out is really um, information like uh, ETAs, um, uh, product quality, um, things like that so that you can be able to make faster and better decisions. Um, one of the things that we're learning through our journey is, is um, a lot of cross-functional groups within a, a business um, that uh, need to have that information. They can be account managers, they can be sales reps, um, customer service, um, a lot of people that would traditionally not be uh, so tied into um, uh, a lot of the conversations that are going on uh, within uh, the supply chain. So being able to provide them that visibility to make better and faster decisions is, is really where we're at now. Um, and I think what, what we'll see us evolving to in the near future. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it does seem like in, let's call it phase one or, or generation one of visibility, you know, it, it was all about what's the latitude, longitude of my truck. And it right. was kind of a carrier sales manager problem. Um, what, what are some of the challenges as, as even with phase one? And now as you're trying to, to talk about phase two or whatever it is yeah. of uh, generation two of of end-to-end visibility. Yeah. What are the challenges that you're so, bumping into? So um, we're running into uh, some interesting challenges. I mean, I think, again, um, it was uh, spoken about earlier today. You know, people are so critical. Um, the technology can be great, uh, but without people, you know, behind it, um, it's, uh, it, it's not uh, as efficient or effective. So um, really, the, the challenge that we're seeing is, is getting folks to em- embrace technology, um, getting them to use it in the right way, uh, because you'll see when you, you know, put a product out there, um, there's a lot of features and functionality, um, and maybe 20, 30% of it gets used. So it's really about you know, trying to communicate the value of what your product can deliver um, and, and, and getting them to realize that. So I think that's, that's one major challenge. Uh, another challenge would be uh, data quality. Um, so we see that uh, on uh, the managed transportation side. Right. Um, and, uh, and I think our customers understand that. Uh, and I, I think, you know, with other technology companies, um, it, it's, it's, it's perfectly understandable that there may be, you know, carrier compliance issues, et cetera. Um, but that can really sort of impact uh, the, the experience. Um, and, and at the end of the day, the decisions that are being made and, and the true visibility that you're, that you're providing. Um, I would say another challenge that we're seeing uh, is really that decision whether to, you know, build by or outsource um, as, a, as an 85-year-old-plus company. I can tell you um, that we have done all of those um, and really, you know, determining what the best thing to do uh, in each of those situations uh, is, uh, is, it's a challenge to make that decision. Sure. I, I mean, are customers getting that 
aha, this makes my job easier moment. Uh, and obviously there's, there's a number, there's, people are, exist on a spectrum of early adopter to right. I know how to do my yep. job. But, uh, yep. are, are you seeing customers get that, oh my gosh, this really does make my, my world better? A absolutely. So from a, a sort of an improvement standpoint, um, we, we've sort of seen it run the gamut. Um, we have uh, over 100 customers on our uh, technology platform. And uh, we have some customers that, you know, are really pulling um, and have sort of the organizational setup um, to uh, disseminate that. They've sort of invested in what you would call digital fluency. Um, they've committed to, uh, you know, uh, cross-collaborating and, and, and really training. Um, and then we've seen, you know, some others that they've done things the way they've done them for, you know, 15 or 20 years, and uh, it's a little bit more difficult to, to get them to change uh, their, their behaviors. So we've, we've seen pretty much the, the full gamut there. <laughs> right. Um what, what seems to be, so, so those are the challenges. What seems to be working really well? I mean, is there low-hanging fruit that everybody seems to get or that, that you know, kind of instantly is, is uh, accepted and, and cherished? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, first of all, you know, uh, productivity. Um, yeah. What we're hearing from, from our customers is um, with, with the, again, the technology that's out there with the technology that we're providing them uh, is with the information, again, going back to sort of the, the, the how and the why, um, is, is that sort of self-service nature, right? So instead of picking up the phone or sending an email, um, more of those sort of redundant uh, communication processes, uh, people are able to self-serve uh, and, and we're able to collaborate within the platform. So that's led to conversations where I've had with customers that they save 15 minutes a day. And I've had conversations with customers where they say they save two hours uh, a day. So uh, productivity uh, is, is a big, big uh, uh, um, benefit. Um, we're also seeing just overall better labor planning. Um, labor planning, whether you're either at the end on the retail side or maybe uh, in the case of, uh, you know, distribution center or warehouse. So having that visibility of what's coming in, the time that it's coming in, and again, if problems are arising, because again, supply chains aren't perfect, that, that, that's the whole point of visibility, right? Is to not necessarily make the supply chain perfect, but to be able to respond to those interruptions. Um, so we've been seeing a lot of good you know, uh, benefits in, in that sense. Uh, that's great. And I mean, this is certainly the tightest labor market of my career. Um, I, we, we feel it on, on our teams at FreightWaves. I, I know everybody here probably does. That, that's got to be a pretty easy sell in a tight labor market that we can get you productivity gains, right? A hundred percent. And again, you know, it doesn't always lead to, uh, um, you know, reduced headcount. So that's one of the things I think that, that we've been learning a lot about is what are the value drivers that visibility, you know, really creates? Um, and then trying to quantify those value drivers. And, and productivity uh, in and of itself doesn't necessarily have to be a headcount reduction, right? It's just taking what somebody's doing uh, and 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 maybe not value added, and giving them more time to do things that the the company finds more value in, and um, that that's what we've heard, you know, hand over uh, his, from our customers uh, constantly. That's fantastic. Um, so so one of the things that I've noticed uh, in, in the industry, I'm a relative newcomer to the industry. I've, I've been here about five years, uh, really, when I joined FreightWaves, um, is that I see tech companies who, you know, they, they have nerds like me, and then I see a hundred year old companies that know everything about what can go wrong in supply chain, yeah. you know, kind of like you guys. And, and one of the great secrets of success at FreightWaves is that we have these data and, and 
software and, and technology nerds. And we sit side by side with people who've been in the industry their whole life, like, like uh, Craig. Um, and then I see, you know, kind of the traditional freight companies now trying to run out and hire data and, and technology uh, nerds. Um, and, and that mix is so important. What, um, if somebody is, you know, like a legacy supply chain company like you guys, and they say, we know we need to get started. I don't know where to start. Where do they start? Uh, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll, I'll answer it in a couple of different ways. But, you know, um, given the fact that we've got that 85 years of, of experience, you know, I'll answer it sort of from the customer perspective. Um, because what we're seeing is, is there's a lot of tech out there, right? Um, yeah, I've been out in the hall. There's, yeah, there's quite a there's, bit. There's, there's, quite, there's <laughs> quite a lot. It is, it is overwhelming. Um, and, and I think that's the point. It's overwhelming to a lot of our customers. Uh, it can be overwhelming to us. Um, I think, you know, with, with Ryder's perspective, um, we do business, you know, in a, a lot of different product and service lines. Uh, we do it across a lot of industries. Um, and as you know, you know, supply chains are very unique. Um, so really understanding how each of them operate uh, is is critical. Um, and I think that's probably the, the first and, and probably most important thing is, is really identifying what are the problems being faced because there's commonalities, right, in terms of planning and execution and, um, you know, uh, building out a smart warehouse, et cetera. Um, but it really is identifying, you know, what are the major problems, prioritizing those, and then sifting through all of the technology out there to figure out what tech solves those problems. Um, And again, I think that's going back to the challenge question is, uh, you know, if you're not careful, you could end up with a Frankenstein uh, of uh, a lot of tech technologies. Um, And again, that's one of the things our people tell us constantly, customers and our operators is, I don't want to go into one more system. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how do we bring this together? Yeah. I mean, there's certainly, you know, kind of screen fatigue if you get too much going on. where do you see the the, the early successes? Um, and, and I mean, is it happening yet? Where we're getting we're getting ROI on this investment? A lot of times, a, a technology investment is is so um, you know it may be a long payback period for for yeah. an expensive technology investment. But are, are people seeing the ROI? Are they getting the payback periods that that really make them glad they're making these investments? Yeah, I, I think um, a couple of things. Number one, you know, you, you you read the Gartner report and it's interesting yeah, the, the because hype cycle. they've got, well, and they've got all these different, you know, metrics that that uh, they've identified as value drivers. Um, and it says it'll save you anywhere from 10 to 70%. Well, okay, so for my specific application, am I going to be on the 10% or the 70% side? I think that's also alluding to the fact that we're still learning you know, how to quantify uh, the value here. So um, I, I think we we have, in many cases, um, uh, been able to talk to our customers. And again, I, I think the the two important things is, number one, are you are you acknowledging and realizing that there's value there? And I think that's the, if, if you answer that question, then you can move on to the, the quantification piece. And we've been successful uh, in a lot of cases, measuring productivity, uh, measuring labor planning, uh, you know, improved labor planning um, in terms of throughput and, and, and days receivable and, and speeding that up through, you know, more instantaneous access to, to information. Um, so we have been able to prove that. Uh, we've, we've got, you know, a, a lot of great examples. Um, number one, I think we, I'm, I'm, I won't say the name, it's, it's out there, it's public uh, in the last uh, week or so, but um, we, we just uh, started a relationship um, on the supply chain side. Uh, this customer had been on the, the fleet management side, um, but 
we're essentially, they're the largest um, distributor of wine and spirits in the country. Um, and uh, it was taking them up to four days sometimes to uh, be able to answer questions from customers. Uh, and, and we've uh, overlaid Rideshare on top of um, their entire network. Um, so they have inbound visibility. Um, those customer service people can now answer questions uh, and anticipate when a customer is going to ask them something. So they, you know, they, they just uh, don't even wait for the customer to, to call. Uh, and the distribution teams are much more efficient because they have, again, that inbound visibility, you know, on, on receipt times, et cetera. Um, so uh, while we're just at the beginning stages of, of, of that, uh, the customer has absolutely recognized there's a ton of ROI. Very good. Um, I mean, you know, anytime I do a technology project or, or you know, try, try to, you know, in, inject technology into DNA, DNA of an organization, I've got my plans for what's going to happen. And then there's kind of the unexpected surprises along the way. What, what were the unexpected surprises as you tried to take this 85-year-old, you know, kind of old school freight trucking company and, and, and inject DNA, I inject technology and data yeah. into DNA? What, what surprised you? I, I, I don't, well, hmm, I, I don't know that this is necessarily a, a surprise, but it goes back to one of the things I was saying before, which is, uh, you know, digital fluency. So um, really uh, getting people in in the company and the organization to embrace the technology, to understand how to use it. Um, because like I was mentioning before, um, you can utilize 20, 30% of a platform, but you're not really realizing uh, the full full value. So um, one of the things that we've learned is, is we've got to sort of cross-pollinate um, and we've got to hire from 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 outside. Uh, when you're an 85, well now 89 year old uh, organization, um, you don't you don't necessarily always move with the speed that you you know would would like to. Um, but our leadership has embraced um, the need to address disruption um, to build out technology, uh, and so we're really utilizing um, the time to hire from outside and get the expertise, but as well bring people in from operations in different parts of the organization to work on tech. So that then when they go back out into um, an operation to, you know, work with a customer, um, they, they have that technology experience and, and they have the perspective of those people that we're bringing in from the outside. So I, I think really sort of an organizational commitment and, and a change to uh, the, how you're going to address talent and development of people. That's great. Um, so, so what can we expect for the rest of 2022 and, and, and maybe even next year and beyond? What, what do you see on the horizon right now? So, uh, you know, from, from our perspective, um, you know, we're, we're going to continue to see uh, acquisitions. We're going to continue to see funding, obviously, uh, in, a, in a lot of startups. So maybe when we're here next year, we'll, we'll see even more. Uh, uh, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, I think we're going to see uh, a commitment to, um, I, again, I think we're at this stage where um, we, we've really started to be able to provide information and collaborate and, and, and help our own operators and customers make better decisions, um, but I think we've only scratched the surface in terms of you know the the amount of uh, 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 data that we're able to harness and really learn from. So I think that's going to be a, a major commitment companies are going to make now uh, in terms of of really you know taking that data and 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 you know making things more efficient. Great. Well, if we want to learn more about RiderShare, uh, your booth's like right through these doors. Yes, it's right, and it's, right there. Yeah, it's, it's big, it's red, you can't miss it. It probably has the most elbow room of, of yeah. anywhere because yeah. you're kind of in that little bump out yeah. there. A so. lot of couches, it's very yeah. cool. I, I might be so. over there later. Yeah. You guys have some of the best AC yeah. in, the, uh, in the hallway too. So. Yep, that's right. Uh, well, thank you so All much, right. EJ. It, it has been a pleasure and, uh, and 
we're excited to have you here and excited to see what, what Rider Share does in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Hey, really appreciate so it. Take care. Bye-bye.